This is Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, J.M. Yes, this is Locked On Mariners, and yes, this is D.C. Lundberg, reminding you to download, rate, and subscribe to Locked On Mariners on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any other podcasting app that is on your phone. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any of the other programs here on the Locked On Podcast Network or T-L-O-P-N or Tloppin. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O underscore Mariners. And I am also on Twitter, gang, at DC underscore Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, if you are scoring at home. Well, the Mariners did have an off day yesterday. Well, they didn't have an off day. They didn't play a game yesterday. So there's really nothing to recap on that front. I realized that we have not discussed the coaching staff, which is, you know, relatively important. Uh, We're going to get to know the coaches a little bit better today in the first half of the program, and in the second half, we'll get to some national news and notes from both the Cactus and the Grapefruit Leagues. But first, the Mariners coaching staff, and we might as well begin with the manager, because why not? And that manager is, of course, Scott Service, who has been the Mariners skipper since 2016. Prior to his stint as skipper, he had an 11-year big league career as a catcher with the Houston Astros primarily, but also with the Chicago Cubs, spent two years with the Giants and one in Colorado. He amassed a 245 career average, had a little bit of pop, not much, and was regarded as, you know, a serviceable but off, kind of offensive-minded catcher. After his playing career ended, he was in the front office of the Texas Rangers and then went on to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim front office, where he worked with current current Mariners general manager uh, Jerry DePoto. When DePoto was hired as Mariners general manager, uh, he sacked Lloyd McClendon and then hired Service in his stead. The Mariners bench coach is Jared Sandberg. And if that name, Sandberg, should ring a bell, there are two very good reasons for that. Yes, he is related to Hall of Fame second baseman Ryan Sandberg. And the second is, you know the Sandberg automotive dealers that are on Aurora Avenue North and Shoreline? Yeah, it's that family. They're a local family. As a matter of fact, Ryan Sandberg it was born and raised in Spokane, Washington, my neck of the woods. He went to North Central High School, and in 1985, that baseball field was renamed Ryan Sandberg Field. In any case, Jared Sandberg did have a brief minor, uh, pardon me, major league career with the Tampa Bay Rays. He was a third baseman primarily, hit for a lot of power. He was regarded as a good power hitter, but the average wasn't there, and the strikeouts were a little bit too much for the time period, and he was not very much of a fielder either. So he only stuck around really for one kind of full season and then two half seasons. After his major league career uh, came to an end, he kind of bounced around the minors for a little bit. And then uh, he retired after the 2007 season as a player and was a minor league hitting coach for a few seasons and a minor league manager as well. This is his second season in the Mariners organization. The Mariners hitting coach is Tim Laker, who is in his second season as Mariners hitting coach. He had a pretty long career as kind of a 4A catcher. He was kind of considered the Montreal Expos catcher of the future at one point. Then he had Tommy John surgery, which cut his 95 season short, missed all of 1996, bounced around the rest of his career between uh, many organizations and the big leagues and AAA, like I said, which is kind of a 4A catcher. 2006 was his last professional season as a player. He went on to be a minor league manager. He also was an assistant hitting coach for the Arizona Diamondbacks and left the Diamondbacks organization to be the uh, hitting coach at the big league level for the Mariners. 
the assistant hitting coach. I still don't understand why big league clubs need an assistant hitting coach, but in any case, the Mariners do have one, and it is Jarrett DeHart, who has uh, no playing experience as a professional, did play at Tulane. This is his third season in the Mariners organization as a coach, began in the Arizona League Arizona Rookie League, pardon me, in 2018 where he was on the coaching staff. And last season, he was a minor league hitting strategist. Whatever that means. In any case, the Mariners are on their third pitching coach in three seasons. This year's pitching coach is Pete Woodworth, who has one season of minor league experience. After being uh, undrafted in the 2010 draft, he signed a free agent contact with contract pardon me, with Tampa Bay. And after his lone season as a player, he was a member of the organization in a number of capacities, uh, area scout, and then uh, his coaching staff. And then he was hired by the Mariners organization in the middle of the 2016 season to be the pitching coach at Class A Clinton. And then he's been in the Mariners uh, system ever since, kind of worked his way up through the ranks. Last year, he was a pitching coach at Arkansas at AA for the Travelers and was the 2019 Texas League Coach of the Year. So let's see if that translates into big league success. Let's hope so. He cannot do any worse than the previous two pitching coaches, let's face it. Returning for his second season as first base coach is Perry Hill, who is also the infield coordinator. He's regarded as a very good infield coach. He's been in the coaching ranks longer than I've been alive. He began his coaching career in 1984, so not much longer than I've been alive, in the Texas Rangers organization. He became a big league coach in 1992 and stayed in Texas through 1995. He then also coached in Detroit, Montreal, Florida, Pittsburgh, Miami, which is Florida again, and last season in Seattle. Prior to his coaching career, he played six seasons in the Mexican League. Third base coach has been on the Mariners coaching staff for quite a while now, Manny Acta, who's been with the team as long as Scott Service has. He began as third base coach, then he moved to bench coach in 2018, and this year he's moving back to third base coach as Jared Sandberg is going to be the bench coach. He is a former big league manager. He's managed in the minors as far back as 1993. He played uh, five seasons in the minor leagues with the Astros, 1986 through 1991, pardon me. He is also noteworthy as the first Mariner to be issued number 14 after Lou Pinnell's departure. I'm still not okay with that. Among the other coaches listed are Brian DeLunas, who is the bullpen coach, Nasuel Cabrera, who is the batting practice pitcher, Fleming Baez, or Flemmy Baez, the bullpen catcher, Carson Vital, the major league field coordinator, whatever that is, and Mike Cameron. Yep, Mike Cameron's back as a special assignment coach. We are just about ready to take a break here on Locked On Mariners, but before we do, here is the Mariners trivia question. Who hit the first pinch hit grand slam in Mariners history? I'll tell you who it is after the break, but before we take that break, I must remind you that if you have a question for me or a comment on the show, to please send an email to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I will consider using it for the Friday mailbag segment. I sincerely doubt we're going to have a mailbag segment this Friday since I've gotten so few of them. I still only have one, so we'll probably just push it back to next week. Unless I get a flood of emails in the next couple days, that could happen. Who knows? Locked on Mariners will continue as soon as I open the MLB at bat app to see what the hell's going on around the league. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. 
Once again, your host, DC Lundberg. Yes, indeed. Thank you, JM, once again for leading us back into the program, as you do on most programs. I still am DC Lundberg for some odd reason. For some odd reason, I'm still DC Lundberg, and that doesn't make sense. In any case, the answer to the trivia question does make sense. Haha. <laughs> Who hit the first pinch hit Grand Slam? In Mariners history, I'm losing my mind. It occurred on April 21st, 2007 against the Los Angeles Angels. And the answer is... Guess what, gang? It's Ben Broussard. The same answer as yesterday. Also in 2004, well with the Indians, he hit two pinch hit Grand Slams in the same season. Only the fourth person to do that, Daryl Strawberry, had been the previous one to accomplish that feat. So he has three pinch hit Grand Slams in his career. That's outstanding. Right at this exact moment, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a trip around Major League Baseball to both the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League. Check in to see how some players are doing, how some teams are doing, maybe some players who have changed teams, or some other players who are, you know, kind of looking to bounce back from a, from a bad season, or bad season or two. In the case of the first player, we're going to begin in Baltimore with Chris Davis, who is hitting an astonishing 556 on the spring. This is after two seasons of averages below 100. According to an MLB.com article written by Joe Treza on February 29th, Davis fell so far from grace that he considered retiring during last offseason. He decided against it, obviously, and came back, added 25 pounds of muscle weight, and quoth Davis, it's nice to see some results. I would like to get off to a good start just for peace of mind, especially after struggling the past couple years. Having some success on the baseball field feels good, but it's still spring training. It's still early. There are a lot of things I have to accomplish, things I want to accomplish, and things I still need to work on. At the same time, it feels good. End quote. Coming into today, the Orioles are 6-5 and five in Grapefruit League play. The Minnesota Twins are vying for a National League Central title this season. Coming into today, they are 5-4 and four in Grapefruit League play. Their big uh, free agent signing, pardon me, Josh Donaldson coming into today, hitting 286, and they traded for Kenta Maeda. And he, so far in four and two-thirds innings, has a 3.60 ERA, three walks, three hits, and four strikeouts. Staying in the Grapefruit League and this time checking in with the Evil Empire, the New York Yankees, who made a pretty big offseason splash by signing Garrett Cole. They are 7-3 so far in Grapefruit League composition. DJ LeMahieu is picking up right where he left off last season, tearing the cover off the ball, 313 is a spring average. Gio Urshela came out of pretty much nowhere last season to be a really good third baseman for them. He's hitting 308 on the Grapefruit League season. Garrett Coles pitched three and two-thirds innings. Two hits, a walk, four strikeouts, has yet to give up an earned run. They're looking pretty good, despite the fact that both John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge, their two corner outfield sluggers, are probably unlikely to make the opening day roster because of some injury problems. Actually, ladies and gentlemen, maybe we should retire the Evil Empire moniker for the New York Yankees and instead give it to the next team I'm going to talk about, the Houston Astros. They've been hit by a ton of pitches this spring, and rightfully so, quite honestly. Um, George Springer's average is down. Jose Altuve's average is not very good at this time. Carlos Correa's average is down. Gurriel's average is down. Bregman is hitting 429. Michael Brantley's hitting 500. Verlander's got a 675 ERA. Uh, coming into today, they are 4-5 and five in Grapefruit League play. The Mariners Spring Training Facility co-inhabitants, the San Diego Padres, are supposed to be a good up-and-coming team. And ladies and gentlemen, coming into today, they are 9-1 and one in Cactus League play. Some of the young players are doing very, very well. It's mostly been the pitching. Their pitching has been very, very effective so far this spring, which 
you know, pitching is what is what does it. That's a good sign. What isn't a good sign is that Manny Machado is hitting a robust 091 so far in spring competition. However, Trent Grisham is hitting at 412. Brian Dozier is hitting at 273. I know he's a veteran, he's not a rookie, but he's still doing pretty well. Taylor Trammell's hitting 375. Abraham Almonte, by the way, hitting 500 and has an OPS of 1.630. That is absolutely astronomical. Fernando Tetis Jr. is hitting at 100. That'll improve. He is one of the most exciting young players in the game of baseball. Moving over to Brewers Camp to check in to see how some of the former Mariners are doing. they got a ton of former Mariners on their team. Omar Narvaez is so far hitting 100 on the spring, uh, which is kind of a problem because he is definitely an offensive catcher. His defense was not very good. That's why the Mariners traded him. Logan Morrison is in Brewers Camp hitting at 333. Ben Gamble, best hair in baseball, hitting at 188. Keon Broxton, who was a Mariner for a brief time last season, hitting 125, although defense is really his calling card. Tuffy Gosowich is in Brewers camp. Justin Smoke is in Brewers camp. And not to mention Ryan Healy. There always seems to be one team that just has a ton of former Mariners. This year, it's the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's take a trip to Dodger Town to see how some of their new acquisitions are doing, namely professional bowler Mookie Betts, who's also doing well as a baseball player. I know that's not fair. 313 is his spring average. David Price, not faring as well as Mookie Betts is. He has a 13.50 ERA. Not too good. The Dodgers overall are 6-4 and four so far in Cactus League play. Let's stay in Southern California to check in with Anthony Rendon, who plays now for the Los Angeles Angels. And boy, is he tearing the cover off the ball. He's hitting 667 so far in Cactus League play with a home run, 4 RBI. My goodness gracious. Angels are 5-6 and six coming into today. Mike Trout continues to be Mike Trout. He's hitting 364 so far this spring. And one of their top prospects, Joe Adele, so far hitting 294 in spring competition. Pretty impressive. We'll wrap things up for the day by jumping back over to the Grapefruit League to check in on the defending world champion Washington Nationals. Trey Turner hitting 286, Adam Eaton 364, which is very, very good. Juan Soto with even 300, Kurt Suzuki at 333, Howie Kendrick also at 333. Ryan Zimmerman came back for another year, but only hitting 167 thus far. Pitching-wise, Max Scherzer has an ERA so far of uh, 4-2-6. Struck out five batters yesterday in three and a third innings pitch, but that was the Orioles, so maybe you get a little bit of a qualifier with that one. Steven Strasburg has only pitched one and one-third innings so far, so his 20.25 ERA probably will be lower. If it's not, that will be a problem. I suspect it will come down. Don't worry about that. But the Nationals so far are uh, four and six in spring competition. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I will make my exit, but not before reminding you to download, rate, and subscribe to Locked On Mariners on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any other podcasting app that there is. Whichever one you like to use, we're probably there. Go ahead and try it. Check it out. Also, ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any of the other programs here on Tloppin'. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners, and follow me on Twitter also at DC underscore Lundberg. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up tomorrow on Locked On Mariners is another edition of Diamond Quiz featuring Aram Layton from Locked On Marlins, Jeff Snyder from Locked On Dodgers, and Jason Burke from Locked On A's. I hope you'll check that out tomorrow morning. But in the meantime, please have a good afternoon.
This is Joey Martin saying join us back here next time for another edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.